Yeah, one of the issues I, I think that can be confusing is, is the issue of baptism in our day because churches practice different things in this area. Many of us, many of you here, were probably baptized when you were, uh, when you were an infant, when you were a baby, and uh, I'm sure you probably don't remember that. But <clears throat> so often when, when we come and, and we offer people who have made a decision to place their faith in Christ, and then we start talking about baptism, often the first thing is, well, I, you know, I've already been baptized. And so I want to share with you the, the baptism that, that we uh, share in together here as a church, a little bit about why we do that. But I just want to say this, that uh, for those of you who come from a tradition where you were uh, of infant baptism or that kind of thing, my... <clears throat> I'm not, here to, I'm not here to in any way take away from uh, meaning that that was for the church, for your families, and that sort of thing. I understand the implications, the meanings of infant baptism in terms of the grace of God upon this child. I understand uh, covenant theology, that when a child is brought into and is raised in the church, that they are in a, a, a special place of blessing. And so I, I understand the theology. Uh, churches don't do those things just on a whim. And so I understand all that. I w- I'd like to explain to you why we uh, practice a believer baptism, as, as we would call it, and, and why we do it in, uh, with immersion versus some other form, so you can understand a little bit about why we why do this. Baptism was... Uh, very common. In fact, baptism, a form of baptism, or let's call it this way, a full body washing was a part of Jewish history for a long, long time, uh, well into the Old Testament. There was the washing of the hands, there was a washing of the hands and the feet, and there was a washing of the whole body, a sort of baptism kind of washing. And, and what this represented was the fact that because of the sins of the people, that they continually needed to be cleansed. That's why in the Old Testament you read that they're continually bringing sacrifices and they're continually being, uh, going through the ritualistic washings because people were continually sinning and falling short. What we read is that God was preparing for something that, that he was going to do that was amazing. And that was that the day was going to come when he was going to bring the ultimate sacrifice, which was not bulls and goats, but he was going to enter into the world in the person of Christ, and he would become the Lamb of God, as it were. He would become the ultimate sacrifice for us. And in so doing, our sins would be cleansed once and for all. And so... That, that was what it was looking forward to. And so, baptism becomes a, a symbol of the cleansing, it becomes a proclamation of, of the, the cleansing work that takes place when we place our faith in Christ. Now, what we do is we baptize, and I'd like to just put a few verses up as to why we do what we do and why we baptize people after they personally place their faith in Christ. So the first one is, is in Mark. Uh, 
it says, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Now, there's some that feel that, okay, you have to be, you have to believe and you have to be baptized in order to be saved. That is something, if, if you read through other verses, if you go beyond this, you'll find that that's not the case. And if you notice in this verse, it says, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. It does not say whoever does not believe and be baptized will be condemned. And so, baptism, whoever believes and is baptized, it was assumed in that day in the New Testament, and you can see that as you read through the New Testament, it was just assumed that if you believed in Christ, you would also be baptized. So, baptism was a part, a sign, a symbol of the belief that had taken place. However, the only thing that will condemn you is not believing. And through belief, you can be forgiven. So, baptism is not part of what you need to be saved. And so, the thief on the cross, he cried out to God. There was no time for baptism. But he cried out to God, and Jesus said, this day I say you will be in, in paradise with me. And so, we see that It is faith in Christ and Christ alone which brings about salvation. Baptism then becomes a symbol or a sign of that. Matthew 28, 18, 19, and 20. Jesus said to them, All authority in heaven and earth is given to me, therefore. This is the last thing Jesus said. He said, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, which are the disciples that you're making, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you to the end of the age. So why do we practice baptism? Jesus said, I want you to teach them to obey everything I've commanded. And what I've just commanded is that you make disciples and baptize those who are becoming disciples. So we baptize as a part of the discipling process. We baptize those who are becoming disciples. That's Matthew 18. Look at verse, uh, also Acts 2, verse 41. We see the early church, those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. So the gospel is preached. People believe and what happens? They are baptized. It's a demonstration that they have placed their faith in Christ. You know, one of my I think one of my favorite examples is when, when Vicki and I got married, we stood before a minister and, and God and we and our family and friends and everybody that gathered and, and we made vows to one another and we said, I do. As part of that ceremony, we also uh, shared rings with each other. Now, I've known people that decided not to do rings because sometimes there's people that are employed in a job or something where it's too dangerous to to wear a ring. And so it is true that you don't need a ring to be married. If you commit those vows before God, you can be married and you don't necessarily have to have a ring. The ring is a is a kind of a sign or a symbol that sh- that you've gotten married. And so when you're out, you know, in public and and people see that ring, they go, oh, that person is married. It's not a bad analogy for baptism 
Baptism is kind of that outward sign that you have entered into a covenant relationship with God. And so, as you're here today and you observe these folks being baptized, uh, it's kind of like the ring. They're already in covenant relationship with Christ through their faith, but the ring is an outward symbol of the fact that they are disciples and, and followers of Christ. I'm going to read one other verse here, one other passage, and then I'm going to invite those who are going to be baptized this morning to come up and join me here. I'd like to read to you what this symbolizes, because what's going to happen in a few moments is those who are being baptized are going to walk down into this tank of water, and they're going to go down under the water, and, and then they're going to come up out of the water. And so I'd like to read for you the symbolism of, of what that symbolizes as having happened in their life. This is from Romans 6. It says, Don't you know that all of us who are baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore, and here's the image when you go down into the water. It says, We are therefore buried with him, through baptism into death, in order that just as, now this is coming up, as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. If we've been united with him like this in his death, we will certainly be united with him in his resurrection. We know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead and cannot die again, death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. And then notice what it says. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to to God in Christ Jesus. So when you see these folks go down under the water, what, what, what that's a picture of is the fact that sin no longer has the power to condemn them because they now have the righteousness of Christ through their faith. Sin can no longer condemn them or accuse them. And secondly, sin no longer has the power to, to master them or to control them. So those sinful behaviors, those areas where we miss the mark with God, we can begin now to, to hit the mark. Not that we necessarily are perfect at doing that, but we see the power of God at work in a new way with this new life at work within us. It also shows that death no longer can hold us in the grave. And that as they go down under, they are basically proclaiming not only to us here, but I think to all the hosts of hell and uh, all the spiritual forces that they belong to Christ, and that they have new life in Christ. And so it's a, it's a very, very powerful picture. You'll hear as, as they go down under the water, we'll proclaim buried with Christ and raised to new life, uh, a picture of, of what God is, is doing in their lives. Well, I'm going to invite uh, I'm going to invite Sammy and and <clears throat> Edward and Sherry to come up.
and we're going to gather up here, and I've asked them to, uh, to share a little bit with you before they are baptized this morning. <clears throat> So these folks were really excited about doing this. <laughs> you can look at me, by the way, because I'm going to be asking you the question. So if they look kind of scary out there, you can, just, you can just look at me. This is such fun because, you know, when I look, when I see these people up here and I realize the implications of, of receiving the gospel, it's just incredible what, what the implication is for all of, for all three of you, you know. Um, and how God is just creating beautiful people out of, out of all of you. So I would like you to share a little bit about, you know, we all have a different story here. <clears throat> and I'd like you to just share a little bit about, in some way, shape, or form, through people, circumstance, whatever, God has brought you to a place where you have understood the gospel. You need to work for this. You'll need to perform for it that God's offering you a gift of life through your simple faith in what he did for you. So share with us. Um, I'm going to have you share that with us. And uh, just kind of tell us how, how the Lord got through to you. And, and, and what, what kind of a, how do you notice him working in your life right now? Maybe those two things. You want to start, Edward? Morning. I figured that the Lord is working in my life through um, some hardships, um, relationship-wise, uh, family-wise, and things that I were doing just wasn't working. You know, my way wasn't working. Um, now that I've been coming to church for some months now, I can see God working in my life. I can see that um, things that I bring to him are um, not as bad as I thought they were. You know, I can feel a sense of relief. And I believe that if I continue to look for Jesus Christ, I, I will be a lot better. And I believe my life will be a lot better. So with all the things that I've been through in life, uh, growing up in such neighborhoods and stuff, this has been the hardest thing for me. And if God can get me through this like he has been, I believe that he can get me through anything. So I want to stick with that. I don't want to veer from him and run from him anymore. So I want to make sure that I, I stick with what I'm doing today, here on out, and be a better father for my kids, a better worker for my coworkers, a um, better man in general. So mm. that's what I'm looking forward to. Mm. And so tell us, I know the first time I met you, you, you told me, you said, I, I want to get baptized. So what, how does that fit in? What's... <clears throat> Why was that so important to you? Just because um, I wasn't, my, uh, my train of thought wasn't Christ-based at all. Christ wasn't behind any of my uh, decisions that I was making, um, any of the moves that I was making. And I want to I wanna get rid of that. I want to have Christ pushing my decisions and being there with me. Mm-hmm. I don't want to look to him and he's in the stars when I talk to him I want to talk to him like I'll talk to you you know I want to have that type of relationship with Christ with Christ mm-hmm. so 
with that being said, that's exactly how I feel about that. Yeah. And you mentioned you, you kind of grew up in the church as a young boy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But um, I never really, I grew up in the church, but it was like, okay, church is over. Let's go do what I want to do now. You sure. know, it was kind of like, ah, oh, church, because church was so long. I mean, all day long, <laughs> you know, it's just all day long, nine in the morning to nine at night. And it was just like, oh, you know, so we were running out of there. <laughs> really wasn't trying to get to know Christ at all. So, but now that I see the the older that I get, uh, I, I need Christ, yeah. you know, because uh, I can't take some of these things and handle them on my own. You know, I have to have a higher power to help me with these things, and particularly having my girls involved in my life the way they are. You know, I want to be strong for them as well, and I want to genuinely, truly be somebody that they can look to and say, hey, my dad's a man of Christ. So yeah. that's what I'm looking forward that's to. Great. That's great. Thanks, Edward. It's great. Sherry. Hello. <laughs> Hello, my name is Sherry, and my story is um, several years ago, I found myself in the middle of a terrible divorce. It was very, very terrible, long divorce, and that kind of put me in a state of um, sadness, loneliness, depression. It was just a very terrible time in my life. Um, the only time I actually felt like leaving the house was when I had to go to work, and that was a difficult task in itself. And I pretty much thought my, my life was over, and I tried to um, figure out how to move on in life by going to a lot of doctors and therapists and advocates and put myself on a lot of medications. And I thought, you know, I really just don't want to live anymore. I don't have a desire to be in this world anymore, and... I don't know what else to do. Um, one day while going to work, I think the, war, the Lord had worked in my life, and he brought um, the pastor's wife, Vicki, into my life, and she asked a simple little question, how are you doing? And normally I would say, fine, great, everything is wonderful, but I thought, oh my God, this is my opportunity to say, I am absolutely miserable, I hate life, I don't want to be here, I don't know what to do, I'm a mess. And she's like, how about we go sit down and have a cup of coffee and we talk about this? I'm like, coffee, yes, I'm there. I love coffee. <laughs> and second of all, I thought, yes, absolutely. I want to sit down and talk to you. So the first time we just met, we talked, and she asked if she could pray for me, and I said, yes, please do. And we met on several more occasions after that, and she introduced me to the Bible and brought um, the Lord back into my life. And one day, we went and got some big bees and went to um, Oak Island Park, is that where it was? And um, we brought the Bible along, and she opened it up, and she asked if I was ready to accept Lord into my life. And I said, yes, I am. And, well, to make a long story short, here I am today, and ready to accept the Lord into my life. And... She has helped me um, find hope again, and I thought all hope is gone and lost, and she was there for me. There are many others, too. I think the Lord brought many Christian people into my life, but she was one of the main ones that helped me to get where I am today. So I say thank you. And <clears throat> Sherry's one of those great examples when, you know, sometimes when the Lord comes into your life, it, it kind of just changes your face. And I think you're one of those people that um, the Lord just kind of, changed everything about you, not Thank only you. inside, but <laughs> people can see it on the outside. Thank you. So we are very excited for you. <clears throat> uh, this is just an example of, uh, I, I shared this when, when Sherry was here uh, a few weeks ago, but 
late. What Sherry didn't know was Vicky would start visiting with her, and I would tell Vicky, I said, she's going to lose her job. You've got to quit asking her questions because she's got a job to do, and she has to see other people, and I was always kind of uptight about it, and just goes you to show the Lord was doing a work, and I just needed to chill out. So, <laughs> so exciting. <clears throat> and uh, you're, I know you've been excited about baptism? Yes, I am. Yeah? <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> so, <clears throat> it's kind of your opportunity to publicly proclaim what you have done. Yes, my yeah. desire and my will to proclaim Wonderful. faith in Christ. Yes. Great. Yeah. Thank you, Sherry. Thank you. Hi, I'm Samantha Smith. Um, uh, the Lord has always been present in my life. There's been many people, good Christian people, in my life. Sorry, I'm going to cry. I'm a very emotional <laughs> person. <laughs> you can ask Pastor Kim. I'm always crying. Um, and I, the first time I ever had a Bible in my hand, I loved it. And I've always witnessed so many wonderful Christian things in my life. And... A few years ago, I went, started going through a few hardships, and I, I loved my life. And growing up isn't easy as a young adult, and I learned it um, through, a lot of, uh, through a couple of tragedies that I would never wish upon anyone. Um, I grew up in a very loving home, um, but sadly, God had different plans, and my parents had to get divorced. Mm. Um, and then a couple years later, I lost a friend to suicide. So I questioned, where are you, God? Why would you let this happen in my life? A year after my friend passed away, I attended a service at Mount Olive. And when I walked in, I immediately started crying because I knew that's exactly where God wanted me to be. The music that we sang, I couldn't even sing because I was too busy crying because I knew that he was all around me reminding me of the love. And that's when I remembered that I just have this immense love for him and I'm so glad that I was able to reopen my heart after going through the couple of things that just devastated me. Um, so then I, I realized that I had to change a few things about myself and I started praying a lot more, and, you know, I, I went through a couple of relationships where it was just like, why, why doesn't this person love me? And I was just like, okay, I, I'm, I'm handing the reins over, so I handed the reins over to God, and that's when he brought Matt into my life. And mm -hmm. Matt was always telling me, um, the first time Matt and I got to sit down and actually have a full conversation, he gave me his testimony that he gave when he was baptized. And so I, I was just like, I've already been baptized. Why would I need to be baptized? And so going through and listening to his testimony over and over again, and I love hearing his testimony. Um, there's been a few people that God brought around and kind of made it a sign of it's time to um, be re-baptized. And because my love for him came around again, so I think it's a good time to... Um, express my love for him in front of everyone here mm. and to him. <laughs> Thank you, Sammy. <clears throat> so, God has just worked uniquely in, in each of your lives. And uh, I just want to remind you that when in just a couple minutes you're going to go down into the water and uh, 
like I said, I think God, I think there's a, I believe there's a spiritual realm out there. I think the Bible makes it very clear that there's principalities and powers and rulers. There are forces out there that would seek to destroy us and destroy families and uh, marriages. And so I, I, I really believe that, um, <clears throat> you know, when, when you come to faith, God has his, like, protection around you. And, and as, you, as you go down into these waters, you're really proclaiming not just us here, but I think you're proclaiming to all those forces that would seek to harm you or destroy you, that you belong to Christ and uh, you're his. And, uh, and Christ looks down, and I have to tell you, this is uh, <clears throat> a special moment for him to see you guys just doing this uh, publicly, confessing him. It's exactly when we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord, you are today in a very public way confessing him as your Lord. So we're going to go get ready. And uh, they're going to sing, the uh, worship team's going to lead us in a couple songs, and then we're going to do the baptism. So we'll go down, get ready, and I'll invite the worship team up.